Mindfulness Mode 525. It's not a matter of, of just doing business in the state. It's using our global economy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for tuning in. This is Bruce. I hope you are doing well and staying healthy these days. These are challenging times for a lot of us. Maybe they are for you too, maybe not. But I'm just wanting to ask you this question. Have you sat down and written down your thoughts? This can be so helpful at a time like this. I sat down and wrote out a list of my biggest fears. And then I realized that they weren't as much of an issue as I thought. And it actually made me feel a lot better. It seemed to help put everything into perspective. Then I burned the page. And then it felt like a release. A gratitude journal is also a terrific gift to yourself. You know, keeping gratitude at the forefront. It helps me a lot. And I know a lot of my guests have mentioned that too. Today, if you stay till the end of the episode, I do have something I want to share with you that has been a a big help for a lot of people during this time of change as well. But today, Mindful Tribe, I'm talking with a successful entrepreneur who is widely admired and looked up to for his many wins. He's been very successful. He had challenges too. We talk about that on the show. He's also an avid meditator and mindfulness guy. Sit back relax, and enjoy today's episode with Jonathan Grabowski. Hey, Mindful Tribe. You've probably sometimes needed to have a designer to help you out with maybe a website page or or something you were working on. And uh, I think most of us who work in the online space have always had that that desire. And the guy that I'm talking to today is an amazing entrepreneur, and he's going to help you in that space. You're going to find out all about his company and what he does and and so on. So uh, I'm just thrilled today to have Jonathan Grabowski with me. Hey, Jonathan, are you in mindfulness mode today? You know, with the the state that is happening that of the world that we're in, um, you know, this is being recorded during the the announcements of the pandemic, I can say confidently I am in mindfulness mode. It's all I've been thinking about um, for the past couple of days. <laughs> yeah, and the only way to survive it almost is to be in mindfulness mode, don't you think, Jonathan? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's so many things we may not even see it right now, but the world has changed in so many different ways. Ways that we again probably haven't even thought of yet, just yet. The way that we interact with each other, the way that businesses interact with other businesses, the way that customers interact with businesses is just different. So yeah, I mean, you have to live in that world. Yeah, for sure. Mindful Tribe, I'm just going to share you a little bit more with you about Jonathan. He's the co-founder of a company called Penji. And that's a platform that gives you on-demand access to the top 2% of designers in the world. And Penji has been named as a top startup to watch, according to Philadelphia Magazine, and it's acknowledged as one of the fastest growing private companies in America. That's according to Inc. Magazine. And his mission with his podcast, which is called Blind Entrepreneurship, is to empower the next generation of entrepreneurs so that they can execute their vision to profitability. So Jonathan, what does mindfulness mean to you? What's what's your definition of it? 
I would say mindfulness to me is more so uh, obviously the the literal definition, of course. I think it's having empathy of, uh, as well. It's being understanding. It's being understanding from like a, I feel there's two sides, right? There's like the business side, like the leader side, and then there's the customer side. I like to speak about the the, the leader aspect of it. Mindfulness to me is being patient and understanding that if a problem is awry, that you're able to handle it in a, in a kind and just manner that's beneficial to the company and to the employee. From a mindfulness matter of a customer base is more so being aware that a lot of people are having economic hardship right now and setting up a business plan and a discount program in order to make sure that these people are taken care of. That's where my head at right now. I think if you were to ask me that com- that question probably in a in in a, in a week from now it might be different, but at this moment those are my definitions of mindfulness. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in you as an entrepreneur because you're a well-known entrepreneur in this space. Have you always had the entrepreneur mindset? Did this come to you as as a teenager or when did you know that you were born to be an entrepreneur? I didn't know I was born to 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 be an entrepreneur until I'd say I saw our 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 name in like Inc magazine. I think that's probably the one. Uh, I would say that I've always been built this way. At a young age, I was um, uh, shoveling snow in Northeast Philadelphia. Uh, I was caroling um, around in a neighborhood that didn't deserve to to receive carolers um, because I grew up in a pretty uh, interesting part of Philadelphia. Um, from there, I mowed lawns some more. From when I moved over to New Jersey, um, I quit my job at Apple because I felt like I just wasn't being, um, I wasn't able to 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 be enough for myself, and I knew I deserved more. Um, so I'd say I was kind of born this way. Not to quote Lady Gaga, but I was born this way. Um, and 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 I don't think I've ever really written. I've I've read books obviously about how to be better, but never to start. I feel like the start and the execution piece has been ingrained in my DNA ever since I was born. What's the biggest struggle you had with your, with your entrepreneurship once you got started? Well, honestly, I would say to this day, it's been myself the entire time. Um, like, like systems and processes and finding customers, uh, not to brag, but I, I do believe that that has come not relatively easy because there's always fine tuning we've always had an influx of uh, and a pipeline of people just because of a, a personality traits and conversationals and building that community. But I'd say like me, myself has been the biggest area of opportunity because I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> and, and my co-founder can speak to that too. I, I get myself into trouble. Um, I have new ideas that I, I put out into the universe. And then those ideas are heard by other people, which, which then distracts and displaces other people's time. So I'd say the answer to the question of more in, in, in a short, brief sentence, it would just be myself. I, I'm the biggest problem. I'm the biggest struggle. Do you have trouble being focused? Is that kind of what you're saying? At times I, I have been, yes. Uh, I have been very scattered brain. For me, writing things down has been a really big improvement mentally. But I feel like as an entrepreneur, you have this like shiny object syndrome where you just immediately think of something. You're like, let's do that. And you don't necessarily, in the very beginning at least, you don't understand how important it is and how it can change the direct the trajectory of your success. Just by one simple idea can completely change your company uh, and put you on a course that's set up for failure. 
So now, more so now that we're seeing uh, growth and explosive growth in Penji, we more so have to stop innovating and just kind of be complacent for a little bit and, and, and build a really strong foundation. And we've been doing for the past three years. So we literally have scrapped 100, almost 100%, uh, I'll say 99% of the ideas. Um, and we've told ourselves that we're not in a period of innovation right now. And we will be in the future, but just it's, it, it, it's not right now. We need more stability. We need more growth. We need to set the right processes and procedures in place. And you know, that's something that I'm really happy uh, that we've done um, the past three years. Was Penji the first company you started, Jonathan? Penji was probably like the fifth company that we started. Okay. Um, so it's been like a really interesting journey. We had a, uh, a social media marketing company. Uh, that I started and I right out of uh, when I quit Apple, my job at Apple, I, I started a social media marketing company. And essentially, the what I did, I used that money for food. So I went up to social media people uh, to restaurants. I said, "Hey, like I, I'm good at this. I'm good at marketing. Uh, if you give me pizza anytime I come in, uh, will you be able to uh, help me out?" And they said, "Yes, of course." And I did that with haircuts. I did that with a haircuttery uh, barbershop. I did that with a, uh, a food spot. Um, and so that was kind of just like, I knew that like, I didn't necessarily have to live in a fancy place, but I knew I had to eat. So, um, okay. I used that as like the groundwork. So then fast forward with the, with the agency, it kind of grew to about like four employees. Um, but it wasn't making an impact. It wasn't like fun. Right. We worked with a lot of like big businesses from, uh, like universities and a couple of, uh, maybe they were Inc. 5,000 companies, but they're pretty big. Uh, companies and it wasn't fulfilling at all. We weren't like, I didn't never, we never felt like we were helping people. We were kind of just like at the mercy of, of our, of our customers. And so my co-founder and I sat down and like, well, what do we want to be remembered as? Do we want to be these people who, who just um, create websites all the time? Or do, do we want to be known for something much more than that? And we kind of had a conversation in Vietnam, believe it or not. (laughs) We went on an excursion to, uh, to find ourselves and we, we ended up finding a whole lot more than just ourselves in that moment. <laughs> what did you find? Well, we found Penji at that point. Um, we found Penji. We found um, what we wanted to do. We found how, like who we, like our foundation of who we were, um, which was that we're, we're good people. We want to help our community. We want to create something that, a lot of people can can do and use and one of the biggest barriers of success is looking the part and if we could minimize that and and, and lower the barrier of entry and give it to a widespread uh ha- have that access of quality graphic design at a fraction of a price um all while meaning profitability for ourselves we felt like that was a, a win-win um, and that was kind of just like the, the ethos of, 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 of where Penji began and, and, and where it is today. So Jonathan, how is the coronavirus affecting Penji and, and what do you see happening with this? Well, I think from, I'm not an expert by any stretch of the imagination, so no. you'll take this for what it is. Um, but I, I can say that our business in particular um, has been affected by it in terms of like the customer buying decision. In terms of production, it hasn't affected it at all. We've been running our business the same exact way for the past three years. And, and for the most part, we're remote. 
Um, we do have an office, which we closed down, but uh, production is all the same. Um, I can say that the, I think the way that our business is set up is perfect for a before, during, and after coronavirus world. Um, in particular, because now I think the way that we interact with each other is going to change dramatically. And I think the way that buying decisions of businesses are going to change, more people are going to look for remote uh, workers just in case. Um, and we're set up perfectly, from my belief, we're set up perfectly for that um, because you don't have to hire anybody. You don't have to go through any type of HR. You don't have to go through any type of um, uh, taxes or you don't have to lay anybody off. Like you can come and go as you please. So if you have a down month or a down season, you can sign up for X period of time and, and grow and, and scale and we'll scale right there with you. Uh, the other side is you don't have to use like a, another uh, freelance service because you're not hiring anybody. Um, you're not, you're not looking through their portfolio. We're doing that for you. All you have to do is tell us what you want. So I think there's a lot of like a huge benefit to like this world that this world that we've created and I'm excited and obviously scared at the same time. <laughs> right. Cause it's March 20th, 2020. So we're just heading into this. Do you think that you may even reconsider having a brick and mortar business? Do you think you may move forward with Penji and just keep people in their own spaces the way they are now? Yeah. So we definitely had that conversation. Um, a large, so we have over a hundred people in our company. So we have uh, people in Asia, Europe, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, Asia, Europe, Central America, both close to the United States. Um, most of them are remote anyways. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there's only about like 10, 15 people that we have in, in, in our office in Philadelphia that, um, that, that go. And we literally just go just to meet each other, like just sure. to hang out and talk. So if that were to be removed, it's not going to be that big of a problem for us. Although we do like eating lunch together. Um, but you know, uh, that, that's not, that's, that's the, the, the least of our worries is not eating lunch together. Right. So in some ways you were already pretty much prepared for this kind of a pandemic yeah. situation anyway, in a way. We never thought that we were prepared for it, right? But, uh, but then we ended up being prepared for it. So yeah. 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 That's awesome. We're definitely one of the lucky ones. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So are you a person who meditates, Jonathan? Is that oh, part yeah. of your life? Yeah. Tell us about your meditation routine. Um, well, right now it's been kind of crap because of just living. Like it's kind of like hard to live in, in a home and, and kind of still maintain that practice. Um, there's just a lot of things going on and I look forward to the day where I'm able to get back on track. Yeah. Um, but for right now, um, well, for what it was when I, at its height, I would say that I would wake up every morning, I would turn on headspace, um, depending upon where my head's at that day, uh, it would be anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes. If I'm in a rush, it would go 10. Um, but I just go through all the categories. I've, I've gone through pretty much every single one at this point. Uh, so I'm doing them over again. Um, but sometimes, and I'm, I'm going to speak very candidly here. Uh, sometimes, uh, I have, uh, I get really hot in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel heat here. I, I'm so I'm pointing at my head right now. So my forehead, my eyes, I feel really hot and, uh, and I need to kind of cool down. And when my mind's just like firing on pistons, it feels like I need that 
separation. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I go to meditation to to solve that. Right. And so, do you feel you're able to cool down with the meditation? Almost instantly, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, I feel like once I'm able to control my thoughts a little bit better, I um, I'm able to just think a little bit more clearly. Even, honestly, even if it's for just like an additional two minutes of the day, it's worth every second. Um, I'd rather waste 10 minutes or 15 minutes to meditate in order to gain five minutes of, of like mental clarity. So, yeah. Oh, I hear you. And uh, yeah, yeah. Because I meditate for 20 minutes and, and it just makes, yeah, yeah, it just makes so much difference. You know, like if I didn't do it or if I do it later in the day and I don't keep to my, to my routine, then I notice a huge difference. Oh, I'm sure. Do you feel more sluggish? Yeah. 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 I feel like, Hey, something's wrong. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I didn't meditate this morning. And yeah. you know, it, when it's a habit, it's very easy to just do it every single day at the same time, same place. But then sometimes things change and you get thrown off, right? If you're traveling or whatever. I think that's the hardest thing in any type of like world, not even the entrepreneurship world is just being able to get back on your saddle a little bit and Sometimes it's really, it's really easy to fall off it. And whether it's meditation or whether it's just like sales or whether it's just processes, um, that's, it's, it's difficult. Right. Jonathan, I always ask a question about bullying when I do my podcast, because I worked in bullying prevention for a long time. And, yeah, yeah. and I find that, you know, uh, bullying and mindfulness are closely related. Do you have a story about bullying? Maybe you were bullied or maybe, you know, you can tell us of a situation in business mm-hmm. or something where mindfulness would have made a difference. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, this, this is the first time I ever really talked about this. So I appreciate you asking me these questions. I definitely was bullied at a very young, not a young age, but so I grew up in Philadelphia, Northeast Philadelphia, and the terms gay and the other F word were like really, really big. It it was as if that you were saying hi to people. (laughs) Uh, That's how commonly it was being used. And I think for the very, from like eighth grade, honestly, probably seventh to about high school, that any type of like egocentric setting that I was in, I was called those terms. And I'm very much so straight, just so there's additional clarity there. Yeah. But I was called those terms a lot. And, and I was thinking about it not too long ago. And I thought to myself, well, why, why was I being called those terms in those situations during... It was always a, a consistent theme, right? It was always during a sports setting. So there was always like an ego, in another man's ego involved in the situation. And I found myself like, well, why am I always being called that while playing basketball, football? And I think I came to terms that I just think that like they were intimidated by either my size or or just or who I who was a skill. Not that I was good because I really wasn't that good. I was mediocre at best. But they were just intimidated by that, and their their own insecurities led to them name calling, mm-hmm. and it definitely uh, hurt a lot. Uh, at the time, but I definitely think like if it, I, I remember going back, if it wasn't for those moments, I wouldn't be able to handle some of the situations that I'm in as I was an adult. Hope that yeah. I hope that helps. Yeah. So, are you a fairly tall guy? I'm six two. Yeah. Uh, you know, right now I'm I'm about like a little bit under two hundred pounds. Yeah. So, like, I'm I'm not small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. So some people were intimidated by you. And uh, I think, yeah, 
Yeah. 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 And uh, so if you're dealing with that now, would you deal with it any differently than you did back then? If I was doing it now, I would say probably, I think I would probably ask more questions. (laughs) I would probably ask more questions like, well, like, why, why are you calling me that? Like, what is, what is the root problem that you're experiencing? (laughs) Is it a insecurity within yourself? Is it, uh, like, like is something, is everything okay at home? <laughs> like yeah. I, I would probably be more mindful now uh, and ask more questions about where it's deriving from because there, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why you're treating people. I mean, look at our current political standpoint, right? Yes. We, I'm not going to go too much into detail on this, but we have a particular person in office name calling and, and being racist in a lot of other ways. And it comes out to, in my personal belief, a deep underlying insecurity that the individual has and backed in a corner. And the first times when you put a a pit bull in a corner, they're going to bark back and probably bite. So it's a shame. Oh, it really is a shame. And uh, so, you know, I know that Penji is all about finding artists and creative people. Are you that type of person? Are you an artist, a creative person? You're not? Not at all, no. So you're pretty much Uh, mind-centered? Yeah, I would say mind-centered, uh, more systems-driven. I would say I'm more like an engineer than I am. I have a brain of an engineer than, than that of a creative. Um, although I do have creative tendencies. Like I have the eye and say, that doesn't look good. That, looks, that, that does look good. Um, but, but I'm not technically found in the aspect of like, I can actually physically create stuff. Right, right. Yeah, well... You know, I I can really empathize with what you went through because I I had that experience as well when I was in high school when I was mm. younger. That uh, you know, um, you know, I was I was more gentle than some guys, you know, or or at least I came across mm. that way anyway. And so, yeah, that yeah. I can certainly understand how that you're a lover, not a fighter. Well, that's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and with the, with the bullying prevention work that I did, that's what I taught, you yeah. know, that really, if you just think you're going to just lash out at everybody, you're not going to, you're not going to win in the end. It's not a good winning solution. I was reading, um, I learned the art of Aikido. So Aikido is a practice, I guess you want to call it. Uh, where essentially you let the other person tire their tire themselves out, and then once they're tired, that's when you throw a punch. That's when you throw a rebuttal, whatever it may be. Um, I've learned, I've studied that a little bit uh, to be a little somewhat dangerous. That if you ever get into yourself into a, a quandary or quarrel, um, let the person tire themselves out let the person get as much of that energy, that negative energy out. And then you come back with a, well, why, you know, why are you doing this? Like, what are you trying? Or like the phrase that I sometimes use, like, what is your end goal from this objective? Like, what are you trying to achieve by doing this right now? Like, how do you, like, you're making everybody feel like X, like, what do you, what do you want to walk out of this conversation from this conversation? And I think that, um, that change, that question or, or that stance, I think is incredibly powerful. And, and I challenge anybody that's being bullied to wait patiently, even though you, you want to lash out and throw a punch at that individual. Hey, Jonathan. Is, corona. Yeah, exactly. As, yeah. as we move forward in the interview, I just want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this, who is one person that influenced mindfulness in your life? 
you know, I've always had a hard time answering this question because I'm not the type of individual who gets easily inspired by. I think it was just a lot of like self reflection. Mm-hmm. If I could be, I would say a lot of it has to do with just like me assessing and analyzing all the things that are going wrong in my life. And then how, what can I do to change it? Because at the end of the day, I'm the only one that can change it. And there isn't going to be another individual that could do so. Right. So there isn't really one person at all. I think it was like more so a culmination of experiences. Right. Interesting. So what kind of effect has mindfulness had on your emotions? I think it's, I've, my entire life, I've, always been a reactionary individual so something i think like as as we've been growing more more pressure has been on me to become a better human and so my goal now is to more is more so to just take a step back and be mindful of the other person's time and and attention and not react as quickly as i once did just just reflect a little bit more because by me reflecting i am being more mindful of the of the of the individual that i'm responding to yeah, for sure. What about breathing? Is there any special type of breathing you do or has the way you breathe changed as a result of mindfulness in your life? I would say yes to that. If anything, I have periods of not breathing at all. Mm-hmm. Especially when I meditate, I realize that I even forget to breathe. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I forget to breathe in and I and then I last minute I kind of just like have a really big Gulp a gas per air. So there isn't a technique, but it's something that I'm I'm mindful of and aware of, and I know I need to get better at it. Right. And is there a book you could recommend that could help people with mindfulness at all, or maybe in other areas of their life? Yeah, I think so. I always revert back to this one book. It's not necessarily mindfulness, so to speak, but more so a book for me that has taught me mindfulness even more. I read a book by, at the time, a relatively, I wouldn't say unknown uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but just not a household name. Now, I believe the person is. And I read his book. It was called Never Get a Real Job by Scott Gerber. He's the founder of YEC, which is the Young Entrepreneurs Council, of, which is associated with Forbes. And oh, yeah. I read the book at the time, and he just, um, and I thanked him for, for writing the book. And he never responded to me. <laughs> yeah. And then a couple of years later, a couple of years ago, two years ago, I, I, I reached out to him when he wrote his second book. And I thanked him again for writing that one. I introduced him and I put him on my podcast. And I showed him the tweet that I sent him in 2013, live on air. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so from that day, him and I have been really close. Oh, and, cool. And, it's, and I say this story because... You know, uh, everything happens for a reason. There's, uh, uh, you never know the, the the types of people you interact with that could become really true friends and mentors to you. And I hope that it just acts as like a mindful reminder to uh, just be good and talk to others and treat them the way that you want to be treated because they could uh, they could really help you out and you could help them in the end. Yeah, for sure. Are there any apps that you would recommend to anybody that could help with their mindfulness? No apps at all, actually. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, so Audible uh, is key. I'll, I'll just give you my practices. Uh, so yeah. Audible and, and, and Headspace, 
I've deleted probably uh, around 100 apps and I have about maybe 50 apps on my phone. I've also eliminated all notifications off my phone, including phone calls and text messages. <laughs> um, so in order for me to be mindful is my definition of that is to be 100% self-aware in, in presence, like in, in, in the state of mind. Um, and so, so in order for me to do that, I need to remove all types of um, pinging and, and notifications and just be able to think more clearly. And so that's my recommendation. Um, there's no single app that can help you. It's just a matter of your, what's, your, what's best for your process. Jonathan, that's certainly my philosophy as well for the most part. And I've really enjoyed talking to you. I want to ask you before we end the conversation, do you have any recommendations or suggestions for all of the people in the world going through this this pandemic right now, this coronavirus challenge? What are your thoughts and suggestions? Oh, man. My thoughts and suggestions would be that it's going to get better. That's like the motivational aspect of it. But I also would say that it's going to get better for the better because now we're going to be thinking about different ways to expand our global businesses. For us in particular, it's not a matter of of just doing business in the States. It's using our global economy. I've always felt very strongly about using our global economy. In my opinion, uh, the dollar is no different than than uh, Vietnamese dong, or it's no different than a Filipino peso. The dollar goes is spent the same exact way as it is here, as it is somewhere else. And so if we're able to just like think about that and think of us, each other on a global scale, um, in addition, of course, to a local scale as well, I think we're really just going to be able to, to lean on each other the way that right now we're leaning on each other. You have uh, Italian, uh, Chinese helping Italians. You have Americans, I'm sure, helping other countries in terms of foreign aid as well. And, and I really think that in order for us to get out of this, we need to deeply consider uh, our, a global economy and a global uh, economics at scale and not necessarily put as much emphasis on homegrown type of, uh, type of things. Everybody can use what you do. It's just a matter of you getting it out there. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Jonathan. Well, uh, how can we reach out to you? Where's, where can we connect with you, Jonathan? Yeah, sure. So it's uh, penji.co. That's probably the best bet is penji.co. Um, that's where our website is. And you can, by all means, check us out if you like the story that, would, that I, I explained. I hope that you guys that are listening got a little bit, at least a little bit out of it. And if you do, feel free to share it with a friend or the most. You know, sign up for Penji if you need graphic design. Yeah, penji.co. P-E-N-J-I, and that's what you are on social media as well, all right? Penji, you can just find find your feeds on Penji, at Penji. So thanks again, Jonathan, for being on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. It was an absolute honor. Thank you. Yeah, great. Bye now. Thanks for listening to this episode, Mindful Tribe. Mental toughness, as well as mindfulness will help you move through a lot of your challenges right now. And I believe that mental toughness and mindfulness dovetail together very well. And one of the quickest ways you can learn mental toughness is by learning the concepts and strategies from 40 of the best mental toughness books that are out there. Well, are you going to read 40 books right now? Maybe not. But 
there's a package that's been created by my friend Manny Vaya, and he did the reading, he did the studying, and he put the concepts and strategies all together into a package that you can digest without endless hours of reading. And right now, I can offer you 40% off the price of the package, Mindful Tribe. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash tough, T-O-U-G-H, and use coupon code BRUCE to get the discount, B-R-U-C-E. And this is an affiliate link, so I want you to know that I receive a commission at no cost to you if you do decide to make a purchase through this link. Also... Um, I just want to, again, thank you genuinely for listening to the show. I, I appreciate you so much. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. <laughs>